What is going on, everyone? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Adam Ronis, and this is another episode of Anti Up Podcast on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Ronis, we're going to talk some NBA. That's why I'm here, hanging with you. What the hell happened with the Clippers, man? This is some Space Jam crap that happened. I mean, this was an epic collapse. I'm stunned right now. We're recording right after the game ended, and... We saw this happen in game five and six. And I was like, the Clippers can't let this happen again, right? Uh, they're one of the favorites to win the title. Denver already came back from three games to one against Utah and won. No team has ever done it twice. And, you know, the Clippers uh, get off to a decent start. They lead at halftime by two. And then they just get smacked in the third quarter. And you're like, all right, well, now they got a full quarter. They'll come back, right? They were just absolutely pathetic in the fourth quarter. I mean, there was a point. What did they have? Two points in the first six minutes. They missed their first 10 shots. They missed threes. They missed dunks. They missed the layups. I mean, it didn't matter. And the bottom line is, and I wrote it up today in Wager Alarm. I said, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they have to play well. And, you know, I expect them to do better. Because in game six, they combined to go six for 21 in the second half. And I said... The Clippers cannot win if that happens. Well, they did it again, and they can't win when that happens. Kawhi Leonard, 6 of 22 from the field. Paul George, 4 of 16. They combined to go 4 of 18 from three-point range. Again, 37% from the field, 25% from three-point range. And the Nuggets just can't miss. So there's two sides to this, okay? Because I do think this was a fucking epic collapse by the Clippers. And there was. I'm sorry, man. You're up three games to one. You have a 16-point lead in game five at halftime. You had a 16-point lead in the third quarter of game six, and you didn't close it out. And then this is what you do in game seven? You don't even show up for the second half. 33 points, 18 in the third, 15 in the fourth quarter. Now, on the other side, it's not to dismiss Denver. Denver played great. I'm giving them credit, too. It could be both. It could be an epic collapse by one team. And the other team played great. And that's truly what I feel in this series. Denver was phenomenal. I mean, Jokic said it after game six, and he was right. There's no pressure on us. It's all on them. And the Clippers played like that. They played scared. They played timid. Denver played like they had nothing to lose. They were confident. Jokic was amazing. He had 22 rebounds, 16 points, and 13 assists. They came to double him. No problem. Smooth passes to the cutter, to the open three-point shooter, you know, Jamal Murray, just ridiculous. I mean, in these elimination games, look what he's done. 40 points tonight, 15 to 26 from the field, six threes. Uh, Grant gave him good production with 14 points. Gary Harris was, you know, someone they didn't have for most of the Utah series. And it took him some time because he didn't play in the reseed, the bubble games, the seeding games, because he was hurt. Um, and he came through. He helps them defensively. He had 14 points, hit two threes. So, Denver just got contributions across the board. But the difference was the two stars for Denver balled the fuck out tonight. The two stars for the Clippers stayed fucking home, man. And it was embarrassing, man. Yes, I had money on the Clippers to win a title. But this was pathetic. This was really bad. Not to take anything away from Denver, but we all thought we would get a Clippers-Lakers series. And this was just downright. Like, to, to that effort and that performance— in the fourth quarter, in the second half, it's embarrassing, man. You can't lose a game seven like that. Your season's on the line, and that's how you play? I mean, it, this was just terrible. And I will say this. Could you imagine 
if LeBron James played like Kawhi Leonard or Paul George tonight, oh, the heat he would get. He'd get eviscerated, and everyone right. would be all of a sudden taking him for being a potential top 10 all the time. They would say, oh, this guy's not even top 50. No, for real, but I just thought this was really, really bad for the Clippers, and I'm stunned. Like, all right, if they would have lost tonight, fine. I would have said, all right, I guess it's possible. But to lose the way they did, I just thought was pathetic and just embarrassing for the Clippers. Uh, There's no way around it. We can sit here and say bubble play, this and that, uh, but this is just stunning that – they, they weren't even competitive in the fourth quarter. I mean, this game was over. I mean, I never I never got the feeling once Denver took the lead in the third quarter, I was like, man, the Clippers are not coming back. I just never got the feeling because we saw this in games five and six. And, uh, you know, I, my initial gut was to take Denver getting the points. But when I wrote it up for Wager Alarm today, I didn't. I read too much and I'm like, oh, the Clippers have never lost three straight games. The Clippers are like 10 and one in this spot when they against the spread when they come off a double digit point loss. So I just expected George and Leonard to show up. And I figured that maybe Lou Williams could actually figure out how to shoot a basketball again. I don't know what's happened with that guy. I mean, uh, but I, I figured- mean, Rodas, they only have the two best wing players in the league and the best off the bench player in the league. That's- and they didn't play like it. I mean, no, it just didn't. It was bad, and uh, I should have, you know, I kind of fell into the trap because I'm like, it seems too easy to take Denver getting seven and a half, and it seems so obvious to take them with, you know, figuring, all right, the Clippers are not probably not going to blow them out, uh, but I kind of just went with what I thought all year long uh, when I should have just sometimes the easiest choice is the right one, and, you know, for them to get seven and a half in a game seven with the way Clippers played in games five and six, um, you know, and I think we talked about this throughout the year. Tell me if you agree on this. I said all year, I didn't think the Clippers played great basketball. I thought they were inconsistent and I felt they didn't care about the regular season. I think it come, maybe it came. Did it come back to bite them here? No, I think what happened was Ronis. We were talking about this right before we got started. I think they had a lot of momentum before play was stopped. They were firing on all soldiers. Their plan of load management when it came to their team was working out perfectly. Play stopped. And I think just like with the Milwaukee Bucks, it impacted them too. I, I'm not going to give them a scapegoat See, excuse I, or anything. I just think there was they lost all of their momentum. And come on, man. You saw the way they played in the bubble. They didn't play anything like they were in the season before stoppage. I don't think they played great in the regular season though either. Well, we didn't see them as a whole. That was the right. other problem. But – Okay, see, the reason why I can't agree, I agree with, with you, you by there, the way, I agree with you, by the way, on something you did say. You said you had been saying all year long you don't think they care about the regular season. And with the way they would go about utilizing, especially their wingers, then I completely, 100% agree with you. However, you and I were always on the thing, well, wait until this team late in the season is playing all together. No one's going to be able to stop them. And all of a sudden, you're just starting to see in the last game or two, Montrez Harrell finally come back to life because especially him, man, I know he lost his grandmother and that definitely could have impacted him. But man, he did not look like the same guy that was the sixth man of the year that he just won. The reason why I can't back what you said, they were up three games to one. Right. Like, were you saying that when they were up three to one? You know what I'm saying? And they and they had a lead. In game five at halftime of 16, they right. led in the third quarter of game six by 16. I, I, I don't know what happened that they just let Denver come back. 
it's just amazing that they this was an epic collapse. It really was. 100%. You, and also, remember, Denver had to exert a lot of energy against Utah. You, There's a reason why no one has come back from three games to one twice in a playoff series. It is a very difficult thing to do mentally and physically, which is why you have to give Denver a ton of credit. And this always happens in sports. You know, it's always one side. We always look at the team that collapsed and focus more on them. Uh, but like I said, it can be both. And I truly believe it's both. I mean, Denver deserves a ton of credit for the resiliency that they have showed. They never counted themselves out. They never gave up. But the Clippers, man, you got to put this away. And you know what? Uh, Jamal Murray said in game one, no excuse, but we were exhausted. And he was right. And that's a game that the Clippers won easy. It was 31-31 after the first quarter. And the Clippers won that game by 23. And that's the only game they really dominated. And that was against a fatigued Denver team. So maybe maybe should have read into that more. Kind of, It's too late now, but maybe we should have seen <laughs> that and said, wait, they beat How up How dare you team. not know that this was going to happen, Ronis? No, How uh, dare you? Oh, man. So uh, someone texted me like, man, if you put money on Denver when they were down 3-1, you'd be rich. I mean, the Clippers were a huge favorite tonight just right. in this game alone coming in. <laughs> I said this, though. I put it on Twitter. I said if Denver's down 3-1 against the Lakers, all the money on Denver. Yeah. Wow. That's that's you know what that and that'll be fun. <laughs> we won't be discouraged that the Lakers are about to go to the finals if it ends up being a 3-1 series. We'll think that it's just getting started. So at least we have that to look forward to as well. I want to bring this up too. And I know that you don't go away from your stars as one train of thought when you're a coach of a team, especially in game seven. You would think at some point they'll hit a shot or two, then catch fire. I just felt like Paul George was almost giving up when he was chucking up some horrible shots. And why I'm thinking in my head, okay, where's the guy coming in off the bench that's going to start shooting some threes? Whoever it may be. And I felt like in the last eight minutes of that game, there were two guys taking shots and maybe Montrez Harrell got a little action off of ricochets and rebounds. That's about it. And this goes down to this, Ronis. Doc Rivers is a shitty coach. Okay, he was given his title with the original big three in Boston. Before that, he couldn't do anything with Orlando. A couple of years later, they go to the finals. Shocker, this guy with the Clippers. Clippers are 0-8 with going to the conference finals. This guy has had teams before with three huge, vastly impact players. And he hasn't been able to take different teams to prominence. And that to me, Ronas, I'm starting to look at him and think, okay, if Leonard's not hitting anything, if Paul George is taking horrible shots, put in somebody else to start chucking up threes. Maybe they're hot, but he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't go away from them. And they were stagnant. Well, it didn't matter who, who had a, uh, Clippers uniform on tonight, they weren't going to hit shots. So I think that was not, and that wouldn't have changed things. But on Doc Rivers, he's six and eight in game sevens, and he's the only coach to lose, blow multiple 3 1 leads. So, because he's a uh, bad he's, coach. And I, I know, I know everyone loves him. He's a great emotional leader, but I'm sorry, but you need to have a great game plan too. This well, look, here's my problem, Justin. They fucking did this in game five and game six. How do you let it happen again? Do right. you not? Like, you can't let it happen again. And they did. And this was the worst one of them all because they weren't even competitive in the fourth quarter. No. I mean, it was so bad. We're just – like, everyone was just like, I can't believe what I'm watching. That was everyone's reaction. And right. 
I was sitting there like, I, this is crazy. I mean, you texted me. Are they going to hit? A, they're going to score in the fourth quarter? Right. Now six minutes in. I think that was right after the missed dunk. Once you saw that missed dunk, I, I, you're like, that's it. That yeah. was the sign. That was the they sign. They were missing me. layups, yeah. dunks. I mean, it was just like any shot that they threw at the rim was not going in. It was just pretty bad. Here's here's where you know you're you're screwed. Montrez Harrell led them in scoring with 20. <laughs> I know, and that's why even, I was just saying. he wasn't even good. I don't I even know. think he was good. Dude, he hasn't been. It's a shame. It's a yeah, shame he had, he, that he won the sixth man of the year and then put up the crap that he put up in the bubble. And again, he was I know, terrible in the and bubble, And I know man. he had personal issues. And trust me, I'm very, very close. I, I knew two grandmothers. Still have one alive. Thank God. I thank God every day. I'm so close to her. You know that, Ronis. But at the same time, at some point, and I'm not just saying that his head wasn't in the game, but he missed a lot of time in bubble pool play, and I think that impacted him, man. That completely took him out of the game. You barely knew he was there at times. I, this is the worst I remember Lou Williams, unless I'm missing something, like in recent memory. Like, he was terrible. Yeah. Like, he's a guy usually threes go up. I'm like, oh, they're going in. He he didn't do anything. I mean, he was terrible. I mean, he was held to single digits a few times in the series. I mean, well, if he, he got never, to go, you know what, Ronas, that I have the answer for that, Ronas, and I might as well just break. He didn't this. get his wings from exactly, Atlanta? exactly. Yeah. If he was I, allowed to get his wings from Magic City, then he would have been a lot better. Lemon Pepper Lou didn't get his lemon pepper wings, Ronas. I mean, ever since the he had the big game four against Dallas in overtime, we had thirty six. He was terrible ever since then, man. I mean, right. he's just missed shot after shot, uh, missed layup tonight. I mean, boy, this was this is bad, and you know. Uh, NBA definitely wanted an all LA final and uh, not going to happen. So no, it's Denver, not. It's not. I mean, look, Denver was close last year too. Um, but uh, this was just uh it was a great performance by Denver though. I mean, we got to give them credit, but at the same time, you know, the clip, the Clippers go uh, like three days ago were the favorites to win the NBA championship. And now they're gone. They're home. Very quickly update. Islanders just staved off elimination in double overtime. So there oh will be. I, I hope they don't replicate what Denver did. Please, man. I know you don't like that. I, you know what, Rodas? You know what? Screw you, Rodas, okay? I can say that on this podcast. Screw you, okay? Because the Rangers just got the number one overall pick. My teams are allowed to have nice things, too. Okay, Rodas? Uh, the Mets, the Mets are selling. The Wilpons are selling. That's great. The It's 2020. Wilpons are selling. The Islanders are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let me have nice things, too, you bitch. No. Oh, now you're calling me names? <laughs> All right, here. Here, let me let me ask you something on this though, because a lot of Mets fans hate the Yankees, and then Yankees will be like, "Oh, we don't really hate the Mets." Isn't there a true hatred though between Rangers Islanders fans? Both yes, sides? there are. Yes, there okay. are. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's just I never hear like Rangers fans like, "Oh yeah, the Islanders are okay," or Islanders, "Yeah, I'm okay with the Rangers." I don't hate. Nah, it's hatred on both sides. Yes, you guys got Potvin sucks, and I have Theo Fleury sucks. So there, there you go. But yes, there is true hatred between Rangers and the Islanders. So there you go, Rodas. I'm allowed to have nice things too, and I'm sorry for using the bat language, Rodas. It's but still three two though, man. So it is still three two. I know it's yeah. not over, Rodas. But this is look. This is if they're gonna be the Denver Nuggets of hockey and come back. This Tampa team, though, is nuts, man. They they look like they're going to win the Stanley Cup. So you know, do you? So I mean, obviously, we have to deal with this. But if this was a Game Seven in LA, do the Clippers win? Ooh, that's. I mean, 
I would definitely think so because if you're looking to see how some athletes lately are dealing with the Colorado elements, I would say if it were in Denver, then Denver's got their chance. But no, LA, I think, yeah, I think that the Clippers would have won. I think the Clippers would have potentially swept this team if there were no stoppage and they both went to the second round and faced each other. Yeah, I get that's something that is not going to be talked about, or I, I don't really hear it talked about, but yeah, the stoppage did change things. It's like a new season. It they did, had four man. months off. Dude, the Bucks lost to the Miami Heat in the second round. Well, I we can't even say Giannis' but, injury. It wasn't only Giannis's injury. Oh, no, it wasn't because they won the first three games with him on the floor. Right. I right. think, But I also think Miami was just a bad matchup for Milwaukee, too. We saw it in the regular season. We did. But we still, did. we saw the one seed... Well, we saw the top two seeds in the East not even make the finals, and we saw the two seed get eliminated in the West. So I think we kind of knew that bubble play could make things interesting. So Was it you that asked me who the when the last time – it was either you or one of my friends that asked me when the last time a one or two seed didn't make it to the conference finals. I think I don't know if it was you or not, but I actually looked that up recently, and I think it was back in – 2006 or 2007 in the Eastern Conference. Before that, Ronis, it was, I believe, 1990 when that was the year when the Suns shocked the Showtime Lakers and eliminated the So, wait, you're telling me a one or a two seed has made the Eastern Conference every year since 2007? I am pretty sure from what I looked at. That's not surprising, though. I mean, you usually always get at least a one or a two. So, I was actually looking up for the West as well. Because I remember when the Rockets won their second title, they were a sixth seed. But the Spurs, who they faced in the Western Conference Finals, were the top dogs. And then Houston was able to beat them. And Yeah, yeah but I mean, I guess it's not too surprising that, you know, crazy things happen in the bubble, right? No, exactly, man. A lot happens in the bubble. Come on, dude. The Daniel House Jr. scandal? How great is that one? Yeah, and apparently uh, there's rumors. I don't know if you heard that. uh that he was covering up for someone else. Might have been Harden, because Harden's a guy that – I'm just speculating. I'm not accusing him of anything. But, you know, Harden's a guy that is known to frequent the strip clubs quite a bit. Yes, yes. We, yeah, I you can't thought, blame you him. You there might have been a strip club in the bubble, Rodas. Still believe it. We're going to find out. <laughs> we're going to find out 20 – maybe that's why Jamal Murray is going ham. <gasps> Ooh, good point. Good point. By the way, one of the reasons why I thought the Clippers would win as well is I thought that they would have – more of the matchup of either George or Leonard on Jamal Murray. But throughout the game, I was seeing him get open looks. Now, he hit some incredible shots, as Jamal Murray tends to do. A decent amount of off-balance as well. But still, I'm thinking that it's not only going to be Beverly, it's going to be some of George and some of Leonard. And I don't know, Ronas, maybe because they had to keep an eye on Jokic and try to keep him out of the paint a little bit, even though he produces in a dominant fashion from outside of the paint. But... I didn't see that switch happen as often as I thought it should, and Murray was clearly having his way all game. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it didn't work. I mean, you know, Jokic is such a good passer that even when the doubles came, he was able to find guys for open looks or cutting to the basket. And Murray, they just did a poor job of defending him. So, man, you know, Nuggets with their – Backs against the wall and facing pressure. I mean, they've been unbelievable, man. They're 6-0 facing elimination this postseason, man. Well, I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, you think they could survive the Lakers? I was looking up their season matchups and the Lakers. I don't think it. Three I times. don't think it. Yeah, I don't think those matchups mean anything. One of, them was, one of them was in the bubble, though, and the Lakers won by three. The one game in the bubble. 
Look, I will take the Lakers, but look, I can't dismiss Denver. I mean, no, I mean, they just beat a Clippers team that many of us thought were the favorite to win the championship, right? So uh, you figure, though, they've expended so much energy mentally and physically. I mean, two grueling seven-game series. So Without Will uh, Barton. We haven't even mentioned that. Without Will Barton, by the way. Yeah, I know. I mean, C.J. McCollum just tweeted that, which is crazy, too. And I think there's a chance Barton could play, right? If I, I thought sure, I saw that man. a few days ago. The last I thought a few days ago I saw that he might be on the way back. Well, here's what But I, I don't know if that's official. I, I can't remember that exactly. Would be, that would be huge for them. But I'll say this, Rodas, with the way, and you mentioned it before, with the way Jeremy Grant has been playing, I mean, please keep him in the game more. What, and that's the thing. I, I love Jeremy Grant. I loved him on Oklahoma City, too. When he was the guy, they need they didn't have much at power forward, and he was the guy, and he would hit the knockdown three like we've seen him do, and play stellar defense, man. That's a complimentary piece I want on my teams. Yeah, certainly play very well. Uh, and now the the Nuggets get that extra day off too. They right. didn't have it against the Clippers. They had to they won Game Seven one day off. They had to play. Now they don't play till Friday night, so that should help them a little bit. Uh, but obviously, I think uh, everyone's going to pick the Lakers. Oh, of course. Come on. Yeah, and, you know, they should be favorites, but, oh, man. Well, here's the problem. Just... Here's the problem with the Lakers. I don't think they're that deep, Ronis. They're not. They, that, just have two, they just have two top five players in the league. Uh, I see what the line is. What is your guess for the line of game one, okay. Denver Lakers? I am going to say, and it starts on Friday, correct? Uh, Yes. Okay. I am Friday, going to 8, say, 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to say Lakers minus 10. Six and a half. Oh, okay. Wow. You see, the, the Clippers get more respect than the Lakers, man. <laughs> as I'm, far as the I'm line. I'm a little I mean, bit shocked about that. The Lakers' lines against Houston were always like five, six. The Clippers were always like eight right. against Denver or seven. Um, uh, the one thing I will say is Rondo really played well against Houston. Right. No, he did. Playoff Rondo. You know they, about that. And they need, they're going to need that. Right. Because uh, that's, that's my concern with them, too. Like, they have to... They need huge games from LeBron and Davis, and then they need another guy to step up. And they had Rondo do it. Caruso gave them a little bit in one game. Um, Caldwell Pope, but they're good. They they don't have they don't have depth. They don't. They man. don't. That's and that's and that is why, that's why I made I the, the stupid Clippers bet with them. Jim Bowden because I thought Anthony Davis would get hurt and be out for at least twenty games at some point, and then they would falter because they don't have the proper depth. That's why I made that bet. And now they're taking their depth, which they have a little bit of lighter depth, no Avery Bradley, which is going to be crucial. You can need all the defense you can get. And now you're facing a team that has one of the most depth, one of the most deepest teams in the NBA in Denver. So you like Denver in the series is what you're saying? <laughs> Let's not go that far, Ronis. But I will say that I'm not going to doubt Denver. And I will say instead of normally, if this didn't happen, I would say, if you ask me, a month ago, hey, I'm telling you right now, Denver and the Lakers are going to face off in the conference finals. I would say Lakers at five and not even blink. Now, I want to extend Denver as much as possible and say Lakers in seven. What about you? I'll say uh, Lakers in six. Okay. We, we shall see. We shall see. I'll say this. No NBA team has ever come back down 0-3 and we, I mean, we will see if that happens. If Denver goes down, Can you imagine. Much. Imagine if they were down three zero and came back oh, against dude. Lakers. 
And then and then lose the NBA championship. <laughs> get, get swept by Miami or Boston. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, that'd be That'd the be biggest crazy. letdown. That, that ever. would be that would be so 2020. It's only fitting. It, it is, it is. And let's talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. We had game one happen tonight, but first, let's pay adieu to our sponsor and let's hear what they have to say. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> Adam Ronis, Justin Fensterman here on Anti Up on the Sawdust Podcast Network. Talking a little NBA, Ronis. We talked a lot of Michael Thomas. Be out multiple weeks now with his high ankle sprain. And Ronis, that's a three to five week injury right there. So Michael Thomas owners currently biting their nails. But so are all of a sudden Boston Celtics fans. I mean, you had a very awesome game one. Man, I knew the Miami Heat were good. But I didn't realize that they were this good. Do you realize that they're doing all this? And they don't even need Kendrick Nunn, it seems like. Yeah, they've basically put Dragic in the starting lineup since the playoffs began. And he's been unbelievable. Look, this was a a great game. I think this is the way this series is going to be. I find this a really tough series to handicap. Uh, Boston was favored by one and a half. I took them in this game. Look, they had a 12-point lead going to the fourth quarter, and they let Miami come back. Um, but it was back and forth. These two teams are, are pretty close. I, I really think that. I mean, it would be surprising if this doesn't go seven. Uh, but Bam Adebayo with a huge block on Jason Tatum. Oh, man. I mean, that was just a classic block. And you've seen the replay over and over uh, from all different angles. And uh, just a tremendous defensive play by Adebayo and Butler. You know, look, he hasn't even had big games since his 40-point game. But with the game on the line, fourth quarter, guy wants the ball in his hand. He takes big shots. And he did it again. Had another big shot in the fourth quarter and in overtime. Jay Crowder was unbelievable in this game. Five threes. Uh, Miami again. And, and Tyler Hero. I mean, geez. He's not even 21 minutes. yet. Yeah, 12 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists. He's um, every, by the way, Tyler Hero is everything is advertised. You see players in the draft during draft night, get gassed up all the time. Tyler Hero is a special player. The way he plays, the way he moves, just by the way he moves, Ronis, he reminds me of Jason Williams. Just Bry, 
Now, he has decent ball handling skills, nothing like Jason Williams. But the way he moves, and he doesn't need to be planted and set when he's shooting all his threes. Another guy, kind of like Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic for that matter, that could shoot threes on an angle, on one foot. Yeah, he, he's been unbelievable in the playoffs, and he was great in this game. Uh, but yeah, I just think these teams are, are kind of really close. You know, one of the things I noted that Boston's been one of the best teams at defending the three-point shot, and that's kind of been a strength of Miami. Actually, in the regular season, Miami struggled against Boston. They shot like 30, I think it was 30% from three-point range in the regular season. Um, so that's was something I was keeping an eye on. Uh, but tonight they were hitting their threes. They were at 44.4% again. But just everything, I mean, it, it was pretty evenly matched all the way around. And uh, I expect uh, the series to be that way. I was I'm like, oh, it's only fitting that game one goes to overtime. So Right, right. Uh, in Boston, I see us favored in game two by two. But we kind of saw this with the Heat against Bucks. I was like, even after game two, I'm like, what do the Heat have to do to get favored? And I don't think they were, I don't think they were favored until game four, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, but this, this is, I, I didn't even, I, just because there were two games tonight, I'm like, oh, let me put out one. But I didn't feel, I don't feel great in this series about like betting this game no, uh, because, yeah, I mean, game two Celtics minus two. I would think the Celtics respond to even it up, uh, and I would lean that way, but. I don't see how you can be confident betting either side yeah. until Gordon Hayward until comes in. Yeah, we we got to see about that. Plus, his uh, wife is also due to give birth too. Ooh. I mean, at this point, Ronus. I mean, do you even try to reinsert Gordon Hayward when you can? I mean, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm trying to think of where he fits in because I mean, look, their starting lineup is just so much fun, man. They're good. I love the Boston starters and. I, I mean, obviously getting Hayward back adds some more depth and also will help them when the heater hitting their threes and shooting 45% from beyond the arc. And it seems like they're hitting every three. That's where Gordon Hayward can start blasting a view as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I think this is going to be a really good series. This was a fun game to watch tonight. Uh, and, and I look forward to watching the rest of the series. And I expect this to go seven. I really do. Me too. And both of these teams have just been so much fun to watch and even their complimentary pieces. I got to give it to the Heat, the trade deadline especially. It gave them a lot of depth that they are now putting into full utilization. And just even watching the highlights and seeing Tyler Hero and his passing. Good court vision. Very, very good with what we've seen from him. 40 minutes again off the bench. And a revitalized Goran Dragic this year. We, he's been hampered by injuries for a, a long time now. And it's just good seeing him back at the form. See what he can really do. Reminds me of his days in Phoenix, Ronis. But it's going to be a fun time in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, Ronis. And I always have a good time hanging with you. Even though I called you the B word a little bit earlier you tried to ruin the fun for the islanders winning for me so that's what you get ronis but anyway ronis hey eastern western conference finals at least we're not going to see the same old warriors we're going to see some new teams in there and maybe even denver dude denver what happens if they beat the lakers man oh that would be that would be crazy if they beat the Lakers. Yeah, Imagine getting through the Clippers and Lakers, my goodness. Right, you deserve the title after that. So we shall see, but this has been another episode of Anti Up. Ronis Fensty, we always dominate. There is no other option. We just win on fantasyalarm.com. Fantasy Alarm.